Okay, we're going to pick up at part four, King Hezekiah, and the second chance people of God. We just talked about the inclusion that Hezekiah showed to us and, and will teach whoever's willing to see it and hear it and receive it and respond to it. The inclusion, the letter going out to a people who did not deserve the invitation. But you know what? He knew his people didn't either. They too had forgotten. They too had abandoned the ways of God. And because he was humble himself, and because the nation of Judah was humble and agreed together to invite these other people to their land to worship and observe the Passover, and because at least someone, <laughs> nevertheless some did, Turn in humility and come to Jerusalem. Because of the pattern of people repenting and turning and realizing they must return to observe once more the ways and patterns of Yahweh God, there's hope beginning to stir. There's, there's hope beginning to come up on the horizon of the future of these people again. And let's drive home the second chance people of God point. I don't even know if we're halfway through. We wrapped up in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 30. Now many people... Verse 13, they were gathered at Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month. It was a very large assembly. They arose and they removed the altars which were in Jerusalem, and they removed all the incense altars and cast them into the brook Kidron. They slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th of the second month, and the priests and the Levites were ashamed of themselves. They consecrated themselves and they brought the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood at their stations after their custom according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had still not yet consecrated themselves. Therefore, the Levites were over the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was unclean. In order to what? To consecrate them to the Lord. For a multitude of the people had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than prescribed. For Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who prepares his heart to seek God the Lord God of his fathers, though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. Pause. <sighs> Y'all, we need to read that ten times. We need to read it and read it and read it and read it and read it again. Because God is slow to anger. He's abounding in love. He's full of mercy. He's full of loving kindness. He's full of compassion. 
All he wants is a people who are obedient and yielded and humble before him. Because y'all, do we realize what we just read? We're talking about the Old Testament time period. The pinnacle of the law. The epoch of law and ordinances of God being played out in natural circumstances and acts and rituals. But yet, many people came and they had not purified themselves. And they ate the Passover differently than they were supposed to. Okay, Old Testament God now. And I say that in light of how we understand God, because we see Him, Old Testament, angry God, New Testament, Jesus. No, God is always the same. And even here in the Old Testament text, we see Him compassionate. We see Him forgiving. We see Him patient. So let's read it again. Many of the people had not purified themselves and they ate the Passover otherwise than prescribed. Why? What happened? Did they get struck down dead? No. Hezekiah prayed for them. May the good Lord pardon everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his Father, even though not according to the purification rules of the sanctuary. In other words, this is my paraphrasing. I remember sharing this six, seven weeks ago with our fellowship here, and I felt it to the deepest part of my innermost places. Like, I believe and I am convinced that even God Himself, who is perfect and righteous and holy, and His ways are perfection. He is moved, and He is stirred, and He has to act and respond to a people who come to Him lowly, laid bare, repentant, trying with all they have to say, God, we're coming. We're doing all we know how to do. Please receive us. We're here. I have to believe, according to the text, that God knows the heart of a man. And he knows they're trying. I think he looks at them and says, man, these people are literally doing all they know how to presently do to be found blameless before me, consecrated. Here's this man, Hezekiah. He's the mediator. He's the in-between. Go, God, do we not hear the voice of Jesus, the Son, Oh, for, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Please show them mercy. In this case, they're trying. These people are here. Hezekiah said, Lord, pardon them. So the Lord, verse 20, heard Hezekiah and healed the people. The sons of Israel present in Jerusalem celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with great joy. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day after day after day with loud instruments to the Lord. Hezekiah spoke encouragingly from his heart 
to all the Levites who showed good insight in the things of the Lord. They ate for the appointed seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, God of their fathers. All right, let's stop, right? Amen, y'all. I'm not even going to go through the list of all that they've accomplished to this point. There's no time. These people are getting at it. They are loving the Lord their God with all their heart again. They're reestablishing what had not been on the earth for years. The house of the Lord is alive again. There are sounds in the house of the Lord. There's the worship ascending like a sweet aroma up to heaven again from God's chosen people. So the Lord heard them. And they celebrate, and it's loud. Hezekiah speaks encouragingly to them. They're making sacrifices. They're remembering, they're remembering, they're remembering. We too have forsaken and lost Yahweh's ways. We've lost His commands. We do not honor and revere and celebrate His ordinances. We've been ignorant. We've been forgetful. But we see here the pattern of God is there is hope for us. Hezekiah and the people began to again reclaim their awe, their reverence, their thankfulness to God. They couldn't help themselves. So this Passover that I didn't even get to in the previous parts that, that you know, they made the connection with numbers in the second Passover because even in all of their efforts and all of their work and all of their labors and all of what they did to undo what was done, which they did, they couldn't do it in time to celebrate the Passover on the true day, the true recognition and celebration. But somehow, someone through remembering the history of their people, remembered numbers and the second Passover option. I do think now I, I did highlight that a little bit, maybe in part one of those traveling, those who had, you know, all these different stipulations that would have made them unclean to celebrate the Passover. They remembered the second chance opportunity of God. So instead of being discouraged and saying, man, even in all we did, we didn't make it. Oh, gosh. Oh, well. Hezekiah calls everybody around. Good job, people. Y'all tried. I'm sorry. We didn't fulfill the requirement of God. Y'all go home. That's probably what most of us would do today. But Hezekiah, no, 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 no. God is a God of mercy. And I remember he showed compassion and gave people a second opportunity. We're going to do that. We're going to do it. 
and we're going to invite these others. And then they come, and they're in the middle of doing it, right in the middle of the text where we are. Verse 23 of 2 Chronicles 30. Then the whole assembly decided to celebrate the feast another seven days. So they celebrated the seven days with joy. Okay, oh boy. We're ramping up now, y'all. Try that on for size with your life. I can say that because that's what I've been doing the last seven weeks since I started studying this. It's very convicting of the more of pursuing God. The demand that I shared about a few days ago in a podcast episode. The demand on me. So they decided, the whole assembly, the entirety of the congregation, it seems good to us to just keep on going. What do y'all think? Yes. We're here. What else are we going to do? This is why we exist. We are God's people. He is receiving us. I mean, imagine Brother Tim. Y'all, can I share? Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. I came here, I didn't even really understand what I was doing, but I felt, I felt like I needed to humble myself and return to my fathers who, who followed the word of the Lord of what they did. And so I kind of came and I was just dirty and wretched. I wasn't following the ordinances of God. I came and I ate of the Passover. I was unclean. But God received me. When Hezekiah prayed, God received me unto himself. So my heart is overflowing with gladness and thankfulness. I want to keep going. I want to keep praising him. I want to keep bringing more of a sacrifice of my life in, in honor and reverence of like, you are a holy, righteous God. So yeah, I'm with y'all. Let's keep going. Verse 24, Hezekiah, king of Judah. And this is where I told you in the intro, part one or two, I don't even know, about why we needed to pay attention to the numbers of the sacrifices. Like the literal counting of what was brought, of just literal animals, to the house of the Lord. Because I said that. Make note of that, okay? Like the hundreds that came in the previous chapters. And now you'll understand why. Okay? Because they've already done all of that. They had so, Remember, they had so many sacrifices, so much blood. They didn't have enough human beings to take care of what needed to be done with them. That was before. Well, nothing has stopped. The celebration is still going. The observance of the remembering is still not just kind of dragging out it's increasing it's growing remind you of anything acts church growing expanding king hezekiah king of judah had contributed himself to the assembly 1000 bulls 7,000 sheep. The princes had contributed to the assembly 1,000 bulls, 10,000 sheep, and a large number of priests 
consecrated themselves. They're still repenting and turning and setting themselves apart. They're still consecrating themselves. The conviction of what they had abandoned is flowing freely and men are responding and they're turning and they're turning. Oh, after the Holy Spirit descended at Pentecost? No! Second Chronicles, y'all. All of the assembly of Judah rejoiced with the priests and the Levites and all of the assembly that came from Israel. Both the sojourners who came from the land of Israel and those locals who were living in Judah. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. Why? Because there was nothing like this in Jerusalem since the days of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. Okay, remember back earlier? Why is that significant? Why is that interesting? Because that is the pattern which I'm convinced Hezekiah was pursuing. He said, oh, I remember when King Solomon was sitting on the throne and he assembled the house of the Lord to absolute perfection and it was found pleasing in the eyes of God so much so that he came and inhabited it. And then all the things that came because of that, that is what I'm going to do. That is what this nation is going to do again. We're going to return to that. So the scripture commends and confirms that that is in fact what had happened. There was nothing like that since the days of Solomon. Since the outset and origin of it beginning on the earth, it had returned like it had begun. When God tabernacled, with men in a natural temple built by men according to his instruction and pattern. Okay, so let's in this moment, I'm thinking about the the comparison. As I said in the last part, we are now both the habitation of God. Well, I'm not, I don't want to get distracted by that. We now are that temple and tabernacle. We are the house of the Lord. We are his dwelling place. Where I put my foot in a sense and understanding of what is true and right and who I am in Him is holy ground. I'm walking in dominion. Wherever I go, I'm taking Him by His choice, by His idea. And so likewise, we must return to what it began as we must return to God's heart and intention and indwelling now man, mere men, mere flesh and bone bodies, according to what? The pattern of the firstborn of many brethren who walked in a body of flesh as God himself and of men. And carried out in humility and surrendered will the perfect pattern of a man yielded to God. But guess what? We've forgotten. We've left these bodies, these temples to themselves. The temple of God, now man, now me, now my body, that houses His glory, the same glory that blew the doors off of the tabernacle with fire and smoke, and shot out like a flaming fire, is in me. 
But you know what? I have been, and in areas yet still, negligent to tend to this holy house, this holy tabernacle. I too have not approached the ordinances of God according to His commands and ways. And I have defiled it. The doors had fallen off. There was not loud worship. There was not an adoration and an and a approaching of God in awe and reverence. But I would like to say it's returning. Not returning to me as if I had it and I lost it. Returning to me because it's returning through a man. Me. Through Christ Jesus. And through His Holy Spirit now indwelling me with the same power that came down and descended upon and within men. The, the, the dunamis power that enables me to rightly consecrate myself and even approach boldly the throne of God. But that same letter that was extended through to me through Jesus the Christ, the mediator, had to be responded and needs to continue to be responded in and with and through humility. Meekness, kindness, gentleness, clean hands and a pure heart, holy consecrated hands. The pattern that Hezekiah showed us, come, return to the Lord and remember Him. But it must be this way. It will only be this way. You're not coming in here and telling us how you're going to do it. You come this way, according to the ordinance of God. Remembering who He is. It's the same, y'all. It's the same. So these people continued and continued and continued to surpass what was required. Why? In response to the healing of the Lord that had come to them that were just told in these scriptures. Entirely undeserving they were. Like me. Like you. They received it with joy. God showed no objection to the more of the people's rejoicing and observing His goodness. He said, you know what? I see it. I know my law better than y'all ever will. I know my laws. These people, their heart is towards me. And I see it. And you know what, Hezekiah? You tell them to keep coming. You tell them to come. And you know what, Hezekiah? You go and you empty your pastures of your flocks. And you bring them in here too. You be an example of giving everything you have. So that when they see that, they say, look at the king. Look at the king. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what he's doing. I'm going to give all that I have. I'm going to surrender everything I have. Everything I can find, I'm going to bring. And that's what we see the people do. There was great joy in Jerusalem in verse 26 because there was nothing like that since the temple itself was established in the days of Solomon. 
And the Levitical priests then arose and they blessed the people and their voice was heard and their prayer came up to Yahweh's holy dwelling place to heaven. Incredible. Incredible, y'all. There is hope for us. The second chance, people of God, there is hope for you. There's hope for your brother who you've written off and said, "Uh uh-uh, he hurt me too bad. No. They're too religious. They're too ignorant. To this, to that. They're not like me. Y'all, is there, is it, are they too far? Because if they're too far, then you are too. There's no hope for any one of us if we have that mentality. King Hezekiah taught us that truth. The people consecrated themselves. They brought sacrifices. They received pardon. It removed their shame and their guilt. They were overjoyed. They probably just couldn't believe it. Like, I can't believe it. I never thought. I never thought God would receive us back like days of old. I never thought. I didn't believe. But it's true. It's true. There's different things peppered within this that I don't even know what to bring up. In 2 Kings chapter 18, Hezekiah made it clear he wasn't going to follow the ways of his father. The people were even worshiping the staff that Moses had made of the bronze serpent. Like even that. The people worshiped that when Hezekiah came in. Even the holy things of God. They wrongly worshipped and gave themselves to. But Hezekiah kept coming back. No, my father's Yahweh. My father's Yahweh. In 2 Kings 18.5, it tells us he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were even before him. the people's response to the call of the Lord through Hezekiah. And I'm not even going to get into this because there's just not time. And through the voice of his friend, the prophet Isaiah, who was, they were continually promoting the word of the Lord, the, the call to come, the call to return, if you, God will, if you, God will. They knew they had missed it by what was revealed to them, but they did not give up or despair. They remembered and they remembered and they went for it and they rejoiced and they'd bring offerings and they'd bring more offerings. Even when the people kept doing all of these things as we're going to continue to move through and you would think, surely, surely they've peaked Surely they're maxed out. Even when what Hezekiah had foreseen and the scriptures tell us, all right, here's a mark in the timeline. There's never been anything like this since the beginning of this 
function of God on the earth since King Solomon. In other words, Hezekiah, you've done it. Hezekiah, good job, right? You have restored the people of God. But it doesn't stop there. I don't even know which, which part to read. There's so many things. I do want to make sure I say this, and then we're going to move into another part in um, part five. Just a little interesting tidbit to kind of wrap this up and put a bow on it and close the door on this episode. And I want you all to get this, right? Because this is the God we serve. This is what is for us should we, if we, return to Him and remember His ways and remember, you know what, God? You do know best. King Hezekiah's father, as we talked about from the very beginning, Ahaz, we talked about how he was vile. He was was awful, y'all. He ruled and reigned 16 years. I can't imagine all that took place in that time frame. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and he did not do right in the sight of the Lord as David his father had done. That's 2 Chronicles 28.1. He walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and he made molten images for the Baals. He burned incense in the valley of Ben-Hinmon and he burned his sons in fire according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out because, or excuse me, before the sons of Israel. He sacrificed and he burned incense on high places on hills and under, under every green tree. That was his father Ahaz, ruling 16 years. But what we looked at at the very beginning of this study, when King Hezekiah became king and he started his rule and all the stuff in the first year and the first month, in 16 days, they undid everything in the temple. They consecrated the holy house of the Lord. In 16 days, y'all. They finished chapter 29, verse 17 that we read back in part one. They began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month, they entered the porch of the Lord. In other words, they're making progress. They're going in. Then they consecrated the house of the Lord in eight days, and they finished on the 16th day of the first month. Do we understand Again, this is not just historical text so that we add facts to our knowledge. But in faith, can we believe that if and when a man returns to the Lord, that as we saw in that verse that we read three times, that it came upon them suddenly, that that is for us? Y'all, it's only going to be a remnant. There will be few. The best of the best can be led astray. This will not be 
a worldwide global millions and millions and millions and millions of harvests coming in, and the whole globe gets covered with Jesus. This is a remnant reality. Because the call is great. But there is a call. And we see in this text the simple reality that what has taken us lifetimes, generations, nation upon nation upon nation to undo God can write in a supernatural time frame. Brother, do not limit God with what He can do in you or your family or that friend that you don't talk to anymore because there's too much stuff in between you. Between a son, between a father, between a long lost friend, between a brother where there's discord. I mean, y'all, we're so easily discouraged and we so belittle the power within the humble heart. So as I wrap up this part of the series, are you walking aware that you too are the second chance people of God? You deserve nothing. I deserve nothing but God locking the doors and saying, don't come back. But if I turn to Him, and if I humble myself, and if I desire from my heart to keep His statutes and follow His ways and walk in them, He receives me. He undoes all of my mess. There is hope for you, brother. There is hope for us. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. And y'all, we're sick. We have no hope, and that's why we tell the world there's no hope for them, that they're too bad. Because we don't really believe there's even hope for us, and we think we're good. But the eternal scriptures, the word of God himself says, hey, listen, remember, remember, return, remember, return. There's a chance for you. There is hope for you, but you have to come according to these guidelines and parameters and demands to come according to the prescribed way. So come to the prescribed way. Uh, oh God, I just, re- I just realized or I was just told. I just ate of that meal and I wasn't consecrated. Jesus Christ, the capital T, capital M mediator, says, God, receive them. Look at their heart. Look at them. As you look at me. For all who come in through him. Are as him. Received unto the eternal Yahweh God. As a pleasing sacrifice. Deemed righteous. He 
his righteousness on my behalf. That is our hope. That's the hope King Hezekiah is showing us thousands of years ago. There's hope for you, brother. There's hope for every man. There's hope for any man who will turn, who will remember, and who will respond, and who will believe that God is who he says he is. Amen.